Hello, hello. Welcome to Tuckered Out with me, Ami Tucker. Hope you guys are doing well. I have been happily and insanely busy with podcast stuff. Have a few speaker sessions coming up. Got a little sponsor here and there. I'm feeling kind of cool nowadays. And I am also part of a fellowship with On Deck. So today's interview is actually with fellow On Deckers, Paula Hernandez Ferrero and Nivi Jayasekar. I'm sorry if I botched that. Uh, these two ladies have co-founded a app called Yaya, and they did this during a on-deck hackathon a few weeks ago. So as podcasters, we got a chance to pick a organization or a company that we wanted to interview. And I loved the concept of Yaya, which is an app where busy women go to give and get advice. And Paula and Nivi are both very busy women. Nivi is an entrepreneur and writer who spends all her time thinking about habits and how to enable more people to become creators. And Paula has 10 years of experience working in education, management consulting, and impact investing, designing solutions to elevate the voices of women and minorities. And we had a blast talking about On Deck how they met, their collaboration, yeah, yeah, and, you know, why women are basically tuckered out and what we can do about it. So please enjoy my interview with Paula and Nivi from On Deck. Hey, Nivi. Hey, Paula. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Are you guys enjoying On Deck? Yeah. Thank you for having us today. So, um, Nivi, I'll start with you. Can you just tell me a little bit about where you grew up, uh, high school, and then where you ended up going to college? Yeah, definitely. So I was born in South India, and then uh, we moved to America when I was four and kind of went back and forth between the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, my mom was in tech and, you know, the 2002 bubble. So when that happened, we moved. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up mostly in, um, in South Bay, California, uh, in Cupertino. And that's where I went to high school as well. Um, and then after that, I went to Carnegie Mellon, which is in the East Coast, uh, for computer science and got like a minor in machine learning there. Did you always kind of, so you're obviously South Asian Indian like myself. So did you always know that you were going down the typical South Asian path of whether that's being a doctor or a lawyer, engineer, <laughs> computer science? I'm a lawyer, so I'm making fun of us too. Don't worry. Um, but did yeah. you kind of always know that you wanted to do that? Was it assumed through your parents you would kind of take one of those routes? That's a really good question. Um, I think I think there's always that pressure in South Indian communities. When I was little, my grandma just was like, "What do you want to be?" And then she'd be, she'd tell me for for me to like you know be a doctor, and then I'd be like, "Okay, that's my trained response." In high school, uh, my mom really wanted me to take uh, computer science classes uh, in ninth grade, but I actually when I went to class, I crossed out the the parent signed form that said computer science, and I put business instead. So I went and took business classes for most of my high school career. And then at the end, uh, that my last year of high school is when I took computer science for the first time, um, which changed my trajectory for where I was, what I was going to do for college. Did you just fall in love with it? 
I think it's like hard being a, a woman in um, in business and also in tech. But I think for business, it was like particularly painful for me to like want to have something built, but then people are like, "Oh, but you're just a you know you're you're just like a high school girl." So like, what are we like you know what what's your competency kind of thing? Um, and I actually so I, I won a hackathon when I was in in high school and it was really like, it was, it became a big deal. I got like, you know, interviews from big people and I like, you know, internship at Facebook and things like that through that. But everyone's comment was like, here's this woman. She's here's this girl. She's wearing like a skirt. Cause I like to wear skirts um, at the conference. And uh, the YouTube video, like comments on it was just like terrible. They were all like, what does she know? Kind of thing. And so I, I, it was important to me to like have like something sort of like backing up that like, like some sort of way to show my competency, I guess. That's insane. What year, what year was this? What year did this happen? This was 2012, I think. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But- yeah. So, so then like I, I had this like weird, like, I don't know, imposter syndrome kind of situation, like. I really uh, wanted to show that I, I like could prove that I belonged here kind of like in the tech business kind of space. And so I went and did computer science in school. Um, and that's really important to me. But then I feel like I keep going back and forth between tech and business. <laughs> well, I think you're trying to put that together now. Um, and good for you. You know, I think maybe the imposter syndrome issue is especially with women, which sucks, is so common. And I think all of us need to stop thinking that. And I know all of us do at one point or another. I mean, I still do at 40 and I've done a lot of different stuff. And so I do think we need to change that conversation, you know, like, so good for you. So I want to talk about what you're doing now. You are a product manager. Is it for, is it pronounced Turvo? Uh, I was a product manager at Turbo. Um, now uh, I've, I'm kind of I, I'm kind of like I stopped working full time anywhere, um, and I'm just like working full time on on basically like you know new business ideas and like building things in the coaching space. Okay, since I don't know anything and I'm just dumb about stuff, what is, what does a product manager do? Like, what is that title? It's a good question. So I think the way when I was coming into the field, the way my manager explained it to me is that um, product does like thinks about the the what and the why, and then engineering does the um, the how. That's a nice. That's a nice simple way of understanding it. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like the like a like business as a whole. Um, you know, like they, they know which customers they're targeting. They know what kind of like area they're trying to build. But within that, like they may have like a lot of different types of customers and a lot of different kind of ideas for what kind of products to build. And so a product manager, like depends on what company and the size you're at, but they can take anything from like maybe something as small as like, um, like if you're maybe a product manager at Facebook, maybe it's like you own, um, uh, I don't know, like the friends list or something like that to if you're working in like maybe like a smaller company where you can have like more responsibility, it could be like the entire company's like marketplace initiative if they had something like that. 
Okay, cool. So you were doing that for a while. And I think the one thing I also read about you that was super cool is that I think this is right. You're were you are you a meditation instructor or were you a I am. That's so cool. Are you still doing that? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm also uh, I also teach lucid dreaming as well. You got to you got to tell me about this super quick. Uh so lucid dreaming is when uh you you're you're asleep but you, and then but you you're in a dream and you know that you're in a dream so you can do like fun stuff within that dream like maybe you 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 want to fly or you've never been to the moon so you go to the moon or you like I don't know you miss your grandma so you go like and check like go visit her kind of Wait wait um, I want to clear something. so wait you teach this Yes like without drugs Yes <laughs> Wait, well, can we actually can we, can we get on yeah. a call after this? This sounds fascinating. Yeah, definitely. And wh- and where do you teach these things? Like, uh, mostly friends. Uh, meditation instruct- instructor. Like, uh, there's a program. Um, it's a nonprofit that I'm a part of. It's, it's been a little hard during COVID, but that's normally where I teach through for meditation. And I mean, they don't explicitly teach lucid dreaming, but they have like a version of it that like. You know, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is going to be another podcast episode. That's fascinating. Hey, Paula. How are you? Good, Amy. I just love, thank you for asking all those questions. I feel that we've been building so much during the past five days that I didn't know all of these things about Nibi. So this is really a gift for me to get to know her a little bit more. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. I also think like that's the only way to have a real conversation. Right. And like, it's not like we have time to hang out before. So I always, no matter who my guests are, I'm like, well, I'm going to talk to you for an hour. So like, tell me something about yourself. Like, let's talk lucid dreaming. Who would have thought that's really, really cool. Um, Paula, can you tell me a little bit about where you grew up, uh, kind of high school and then where you ended up going to college? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't think you're going to know these places. I'm from Colombia, <laughs> and maybe you can tell based on my accent. But, yeah, I, I was born in Bogota, Colombia, went to high school there, um, Catholic only women, girls school, and then I went to college in Colombia as well, Universidad de Los Andes. I don't think you guys know many people will know it unless they've been in Colombia. Um, and my major, major was in engineering. Um, always kind of wanted to be an engineer. I don't know, <laughs> not sure why. Uh, and my minor was mathematics. I always liked numbers and I figured out puzzles and like, I don't know, just playing with numbers overall. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's that's awesome. I'm like the opposite. Like I barely passed math, so I, I went into the law degree. So look, engineering is one of the hardest degrees you can get. So kudos, kudos to you for sure. Um, so then we have a few things in common. You ended up going to business school in Chicago, right? Yes. How did you make that transition? Uh, actually, um, I think there was one step before that. I lived in India for two years in Bombay and. While I was in Bombay, I was working for social enterprises. My dream, I think after school, I mean, there's just so much to tell there, but my dream was to start a social enterprise. Um, I was a contemporary dance teacher for a little bit, teaching kids in low-income areas of Colombia how to deal with violence in their families or how to deal with this violence overall because Colombia has been in a 
I would say civil war, but it's not the right term for the past 60 years. So there has been a lot of migration from rural areas to urban areas, causing a lot of poverty in the country. Um, so it's teaching contemporary dance as a way for kids to process the trauma of whatever they had to go through in this migration. And I always wanted to make it a social enterprise, right? And I saw that social emotional learning, social emotional coaching was a way to do that. But at that time, and I'm talking in 2012, there wasn't really a concept of social enterprises in Colombia. Well, in India, there was impact investing, social enterprises, and you know, like in different areas were just booming. And um, when I found an opportunity to go there and spend time just working <laughs> for X startups, I decided to just do it. And while I was in India, I started meeting people that had gone to University of Chicago. And I just fell in love, <laughs> I guess, with the idea of adding, I guess, a, a stronger component of business to, to my career path. Uh, and that's how I ended up applying to Chicago. And yeah, stayed there for two years for my MBA. So, so that we have, that's the second thing, third thing we have in common. So first thing is I lived in Bombay, uh, for a while before going to law school in Chicago. So I, I have both with you. I also worked with the Acumen Fund. <laughs> yes. While I, I lived, so I, my story is a little bit crazy. So I lived in India twice. Once when I was single, I was a backup dancer for some Bollywood pop stars and, RJ'd and DJ'd and did all the stuff. And then I went to law school in Chicago. And then I actually, after law school, I had, I started, I dated my husband and we moved to India for his job. So I lived there twice. Um, and while we were abroad, we did India and then we lived in Dubai for a while. While I was in Dubai, I was a Acumen fellow. So I was reading your LinkedIn and I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like it just, I, I know it was at different times, I'm sure, but yeah, we've done a few. We we've had a few crossovers. Amy, I love it. I think Acumen really shaped my life. Um, one of the things that I love in the manifesto is doing things based on love and not fear, and putting yourself in the shoes of the other. Um, and I think those principles really embody. <laughs> I mean, a lot of decisions that I've made in my life are are also principles that we try to reflect in Yaya when we get there. Like the whole concept of can I find someone that is in my shoes, right? Can I put myself in the shoes of the other? Um, I try to guide them through, you know, life or whatever challenging situation. So I'm excited that you know Acumen. Um, yeah, it, it was such a good school for me. And I, I actually got to meet Jacqueline. Did you ever meet her? Yeah, of course. Yeah, she was, I just met her. We did an event. We threw an event for her. She came to Dubai for like a week. And it was just, just sitting with her for that one hour was so inspiring and I absolutely love, love doing it. I, I'm back in the New York area. So I'm hoping I can try to do something with them again. If I have, if I have time. And I love that concept of getting in other people's shoes and trying to understand their point of view, because we so need that nowadays. Like it's so desperately needed and it's so important. So this question now is for both of you and uh, Paula ask you first, and then Nivi can go. So Paula, what brought you to on deck? how did you hear about it? And then why, why did you decide to be part of it? Oh my God, I'm going to be so cheesy, but I really believe <laughs> in what we're doing in Yaya's. And it was actually, I met my, one of my Yaya's before joining on deck. I moved to a new apartment 
And the first day that I moved, my neighbor knocked on my door and she said, hey, welcome. <laughs> Is there anything that I can do for you? We're, we're both wearing masks. And I was like, no, thank you, but nice to meet you. And then we went on a walk for like two hours and we started talking and I told her, hey, I'm starting a company um, in education. This is the vision. This is what I'm doing. And she was like, oh, I'm doing a company in education as well. And we started talking and then she had participated in On Deck in the first cohort. So she really, I don't know, she excited me with the idea. She recommended me and it was just having her in every step of the process when I was applying for On Deck. So Thanks to my neighbor, who now is my Yaya, who is kind of our advisors, <laughs> um, as we continue growing, you know, whatever building we build, she's always been there um, in every step of the process. Awesome. Nivi? Yeah. Uh, so for me, um, I was invited by uh, Eric Tornberg, who's one of my friends. Uh, I think he he started on deck. Um, uh, with David Booth, I think. Uh, I don't remember exactly how the organization of the company works, but, uh, but yeah, no, so he, I think he started on deck. And so when they were doing the, their trial program or their initial program for on deck founder, um, I joined that two years ago. And then, uh, more recently, they were doing an on deck writer fellowship. And that was, the timing was really fun because during COVID, I, rediscovered my love for like fiction, I guess. And I, I was writing my own. Um, and so it was really fun to do the on deck writer fellowship and kind of just like brought in my writing talents. Wow. Nivi, you're a woman of nine talents. <laughs> Dreaming, meditation, product manager, writer. Wow. Um, okay. So let's talk about the hackathon. And I believe this is where you two met. So yeah. what has the experience been like, first of all, what is a hackathon for, for my audience? So they know, and for me, and then two, how did you guys decide to work together? I want to refer to Nivi on a hackathon because that was my first one. So I'm sure you can do a better job <laughs> defining what it is. Sure. So a hackathon is kind of, uh, like, uh, a time and space <laughs> that, uh, people get together and form teams, uh, to build something new for the weekend. We, I think, uh, pre COVID there, it's usually a place where people get a lot of free food and free swag <laughs> during COVID. It becomes a little bit hard to coordinate all that, but, um, but yeah, so on deck does, I think does these either like, like I think once every couple months or maybe once a month, something like that. And this one was four days long um, from Thursday to Sunday. And uh, all of us, we had six women on our team and all of us, with the exception of Jackie and Paula, um, were all strangers. Uh, and so we just, we just came around the idea of uh, coaching women uh, pure coaching woman. And that was just like amazing. And we, what we spun up was just literally over those four days. Let's talk about Yaya. First, let's talk about the concept. So from what I've read so far, it's where busy women go to get and give advice. First, the name, where did Yaya come from? Actually, we're going to have to tell the story of Jackie, who is one of the, the women that was in the, in the team, one of the women. Um, and she wrote the name and it's actually the name of her childhood friends, high school friends. Uh, she has a group of yayas 
So female friends that have been talking every two weeks for the past, I don't know how many years when she graduated from high school, uh, but she has her board of advisors, her friends, her community. Um, and the concept was basically that, how can you find women in your life that you can trust? that you can have real conversations that may have been in your shoes um, and you can bring things that you don't really want to bring to your mom or your sister or your friend either because you think that they don't get it or they haven't been in your shoes or it's just sometimes you feel ashamed you don't know so the name actually comes from a group that she had growing up and i think she was kind to you know bring the name to to the competition Oh, yeah. And I was going to say, uh, like the etymology of the word, it's a ancient Greek word for women. Uh, and I think Greek grandmothers are called yayas. Isn't there like a 90s movie with Sandra Bullock, Yaya Sisterhood? Isn't that what it was? Jackie did mention that as well. Yeah, you guys might be too young for this. I remember this. It's uh, It was something Yaya Sisterhood. That's, it was a Sandy Bullock movie was awesome but something to that extent yes you mentioned a book maybe maybe it's a book that became a movie or something yeah it was a book yeah some, something like that yeah. it, was, it, was, it was an awesome movie it was, a, it, was it is nice. yeah it is actually yeah. a book i forgot this is how she presented it and then we found out that it was her group of friends but it's the divine what is it the divine secrets of the yaya sisterhood you should watch the movie. It's super cute. It's super cute. It's a, it's Sandra Bullock. You can never go wrong. It's it's a great movie. So yeah yeah it's its own platform. So I'm not going to compare it to anything else, but I want to try to describe it to the audience. Is this a LinkedIn for women, but in a more casual way? Is it a LinkedIn plus a clubhouse? Is it? Uh, did you guys look at any of these major platforms? Like, I don't know. How would you describe it? Um, I think just before going there, and I actually defer to Nivi to do all the comparisons with uh, current platforms. But before we go there, we just really wanted to decide designed for women. So one step back is, why did we get to this? Is we were all trying to figure out how to tackle burnout. I quit my job because I was burned out, not only professionally, but personally. I was fully emotionally burned out. I met Jackie while she was burned out. The first question that we asked when we all got together is like, hey, you guys, have you been burned out? <laughs> and we all said yes, right? So it's like, hey, Six women from completely different backgrounds have been burned out, right? And then we started interviewing our friends. So I think we did total close to 30 interviews of just understanding what burnout means for women. Where are the drivers of burnout? And is there anything that you can do? So my favorite question, I think there were two favorite questions that we asked. One is, what keeps you, like, what do you think when you're taking a shower? <laughs> What is what is the thought, right? When you're burned out, when you're tired, when like there are thousand thoughts, what is the thought? And if you had a magic wand, what would you build? And what people said was, hey, I would love to talk to my future self. I would love to have like two or three scenarios of my future self and just see how things play out, right? I want to talk to that Paula in five years that it was in my shoes and see what decisions she made and how it played out. I mean, and in, in, in reality, we can do that, but you can find someone that looks like you, right? Someone that has been in your shoes. So it was a whole idea of creating community connections and real conversations um, from that vision. And there are so many ways how you can create those connections. I think it was actually Nibi who said, hey, there's a way that we can test this and that we can test it quickly. So I'll let her speak to, to that. 
Yeah, so our beta is probably really close to kind of like it's like a Tinder meets Lunch Club. I don't know if you uh, if your your viewers know what Lunch Club is. I can explain if you'd like. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so Lunch Club is this way that uh, people, from a professional standpoint, can just like um, put their availability in and then uh, meet somebody like w- once a week, maybe more if they uh, opt into that. And so that was kind of our MVP is just like you swipe on people, you match, and then you schedule. You, like, you know, there's an easy way to schedule um, so you can connect offline. Um, I think we there's a lot more in the space beyond that. Like our MVP is definitely not like everything we wanted to get. That was just everything we could do in four days. Um, but I, I think longer term, like we're really interested in that kind of like making giving people giving these women like like a really like a space where they can feel vulnerable and accessible to share uh essentially like this sort of like like we want to create this way that it's not just like about the advice that you can get but it's also about the advice that you can give uh and making that community strong right so take me through I'm signing up. What happens? Take me through the process and how does it work? Paula, do you want to answer that? We can both answer it. So maybe please keep me honest. Um, you join Yaya, you create your profile. We try to simplify it as much as possible. But as, as Nina said, the, the spirit is you can find Yaya's, but you can also be the Yaya for someone else. So we ask you, what are the things that you can give? What are your unique experiences? And we're really trying to hone on those topics that are difficult to talk about, right? Like imposter syndrome. And I'm so glad that Nivi mentioned that, that in this conversation. It's freezing, right? Those topics that we don't talk ever. But also, what do you want to get advice on? Hey, I'm negotiating a new job offer. <laughs> How do I negotiate a salary? So that's the first thing that you see. Just create your profile. Um, once that happens, you have this library of Yaya's. And as Nivi mentioned, that's where it gets a little similar to Tinder. You can go through each one of the profiles. You can swipe right and select one of the Yayas. You will see as you swipe through the profiles, what are the things that they can give, right? Um, so let's say that I'm really interested on everything. Um, and there's a topic that actually people call me because I did it last year. So let's say that I swipe right and say, hey, Nidhi, thank you for offering that. I would love to talk to you. I can send her a message. Um, Nidhi also has the option to put her calendar, her calendar link. I can set up time with Nidhi, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, or I can continue communicating um, asynchronously, right? Because we're busy women. So that's an option as well. Uh, over time, over time, what is really cool is that now you have a feature where you can see all your judges, right? I can see Amy, I can see Nivi, I can see Jackie, and I can see the topics that we've discussed, and we can continue the conversation in a way that we can create a board of advisors. Something really cool um, that Nivi was working on today is also you can filter by topics, right? If I don't really know what I'm looking but I'm just curious, what can I find in the platform? You can find, I guess, a list of all the topics that you like. And we've seen women posting on financial wellness or, you know, uh, sexuality and fertility or career transitions or parenting. 
or love <laughs> from other yeah. relationships, friends and yeah. family. Um, so it's really from a perspective of a woman what are all the different challenges. Um, so you swipe right, find your yayas, you have your board of advisors, your yayas as you continue talking to people and you can also find um, the women based on the topics that are top of mind. Maybe, did I miss anything? <laughs> No, I think you got all the features spot on. That's awesome. So open to all women of all ages. I mean, obviously like little kids, but what what is there any limitation to who can sign up? Not at this point. I think the inspiration, and this is something that we need to test as well. I think the inspiration was we started seeing this pattern of burnout leaving the workplace for women that were 25 to 50 years old, where it, a lot of changes are happening, right? Like, right. And then how about onboarding? Are you guys going to onboard, you know, a certain amount of people at a time, women at a time? Is it going to be like, how, how is that going to work? Uh, yeah. So over the weekend, we got a lot of interest from everybody. I think we ended up the weekend with like 700 signups or something like that, um, which is crazy. And we're so happy about that. Uh, I think most of the audience does seem to be uh, like working professionals, like whether mothers or like younger women doesn't really matter. But I think that's where most of our like current audience is coming from, which I think makes sense as well. Um, especially if you're looking about who might be burning out, I think it kind of selects for that kind of audience. But yeah, we, we are starting to onboard people slowly. Um, and uh, like just a couple, like, you know, like maybe like a couple hundred, like a hundred or so every week, you know, and we'll, we'll figure it out like certain things early on. Um, the Tinder, like, you know, like matching women kind of like Tinder, that's like entirely like a guess on our part. Like, we don't know if that would be as, that would be very, like, you know, valuable from the outset. Like maybe there are other features that would be more valuable for them. We want to make sure that we're focused on the problem and that we, you know, continue to iterate and test and validate what would make, uh, what would enable these women to solve those problems in a really like good way. Right. And this is obviously all on an app right now. Is there a, um, you know, after the world opens up, is there a goal to have meetups through this app as well? I mean, you're just, you're just giving us ideas. <laughs> I love it. Every time that we talk about the app, we get feedback, which is fantastic, right? So I love that you're saying that. Is that something that you would like to see? Well, I think women kind of crave that more than men do. You know, I, I you know, women can obviously talk over Zoom and, and apps and all that, but I think we crave pers the personal touch a little bit more, uh, the one-on-ones, the hanging out, you know, the going for the walks, you know, with, with a friend, a girlfriend, and just bitching, whatever you need to bitch about or venting. So I do think that's something... That if I were on the app and I had that option, I would use it. Love it. Uh, no, love it. That was actually one of our um, quick ideas during ideation. I don't know, maybe, yeah. If we were like, oh, maybe we pair two women, right? Then, yeah, yes, go for a walk. Or even like a group. Like, you know, I actually just interviewed just two days ago. Um, I had an episode on egg freezing. Um, I interviewed uh, the founder of Fem Health Project. So she, she's she's worked on telemedicine and telehealth for a very long time. She's a pioneer, um, and she had an egg freezing journey. We're just talking about 
Nivy were talking about how South Asians and maybe Paula, you probably in your community as well, we don't talk about these things, right? Um, and so I was just thinking, for example, on Yaya, like if I were doing egg freezing and, or, you know, I had a miscarriage in between my two kids. And so if, it, if that was something I wanted to talk about with other women, you know, but not like my friends, but just other women that have gone through it and like just have a group coffee to be like, hey, you know, do you have PTSD still? Like, how do you, how do you think about it when you look back at it? That's something I would go to, you know, like not just one-on-one necessarily. It could be a group thing. It could, I don't know, just, I'm, I'm, there's a lot you guys can do for sure. Yeah. I mean, the group on one or like, no, not even group, like actually we were, we are thinking about group conversations and even group on like one expert kind of, kind of situations as well as something that would be really valuable for women as well. Right. Um, I think one of our, one of the people that was hacking with us over the weekend, uh, she was saying something about how she saw this, like, like it was either like a podcast or a video of this woman, uh, essentially like, like it was, it was her therapy session that she was, the the therapist was giving to this other person that like, you know, they, they made sure it was like, it passed all their, like, you know, like, is it all legal and everything, right? They got all those permissions, but, um, but after that, like just that, that one-on-one conversation that they had, just other people being able to hear it was so valuable to those people. So valuable. Yeah. I was, I actually, had the question of whether you guys were going to have some kind of top experts or mentors that would just kind of be the guiding lights for certain topics. I think, um, yeah, how we see it, and this is kind of like the steps of our big vision, and they're going to change as we get feedback from the community. But step one is the one-to-one connection. Step two is the group connection per topic. Step three is maybe what you were referring, which is, hey, can we have safe conversations where we have three women, right, talking about, you know, fertility, talking about miscarriages, right? And you can listen. And if you feel comfortable, you can participate. I mean, as you mentioned um, at the beginning, yeah, kind of like a clubhouse, but how do we create it in a way where you can be vulnerable and you can feel safe having these conversations? So a lot of ideation and a lot of things that we need to test with with our customers and women that are our judges. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, let's talk money. Is this a membership? How does that work? Connection is number one. So as I was mentioning, the one-to-one connection, connection, the listening to others, that's something that we don't want to monetize right now. Um, that's something that we believe women should have access to. I think where we can go over time is, hey, you can, you can join our chat rooms freely, openly, right? Uh, you can have a conversation one per week with one yaya, right? If you want more than one conversation per week with a yaya, maybe there is kind of a premium model there. But I think the, the, the piece where we are excited to take this is, can we also create a marketplace of experts that can help in that, in that journey? Maybe and I can talk about egg freezing, but we're not experts on egg freezing, right? I can share with her my journey, she can share with me her journey, but then I can decide, yes, I'm going to do it. And I actually want someone else to talk about, someone that can guide me and can hold me through the journey as well. So can we have those experts? Um, and that could be part of the membership model or paid model, as well as, as you were mentioning, Amy, is there a facilitated group conversation around particular topics where we have experts facilitating the conversation with women that could be as well uh, something that could be behind the paywall 
Uh, but the one-to-one -to -one connection and just listening to someone else's experience, we, I, that's the basis and we really want everyone to have access. Um, I, I think maybe the one other thing we were thinking about is um, we want, I, I think it's, I think if you look at any kind of marketplace, it's always um, the people who are giving are, is a small, smaller number of people who are giving and more people who are getting. So we want to kind of even those odds a little bit. So we might uh, like, you know, uh, we want to encourage more people to give. And so maybe the more they give, like the more, like, you know, they don't have to pay extra for certain things. But then if they're getting and they don't give at all, then we might want to monetize on that. Is there like a six month plan, a year plan, long term goal with it with the IL right now? Or is it kind of see how it goes? This is something we have to figure out, I think. Because <laughs> I, I think a lot of things came together over the weekend. Um, and there were, I think, different people at different stages of where they were thinking about what would happen after this hackathon. And, and so Paula and, and Jackie are all like, I guess, to, like they're all heads down. They, they already knew they were going to be working on women coaching overall. Um, there were a couple of us that were really interested in like the habits and coaching space that like now we're like, you know, Yaya is so, is resonating so powerfully, you know, with the rest of the, um, with the world kind of. Um, and so maybe this is like, this is something that we want to kind of, uh, go all in on, but honestly, everyone is just like, even if we don't go all in, we want to contribute something to this because this is so amazing. Yeah. I'm very excited for you guys. Um, before we end, I do a, a few fun round questions. Do you guys want to add anything else about Yaya that I maybe have missed? Um, I think just for, <laughs> for women that are listening, um, just to pause for a little bit, one of the pieces that I think was very valuable during the weekend, actually two pieces. One was reflection. I think this weekend triggered a lot of, why are we here? And I don't want to sound philosophical, but why are six women together so passionate about one topic? Why did we get 750 signups over three days, 36 hours, right? What is it that is happening in society? And what are the standards that we are trying to live up to? Um, so I would just say a little bit of reflection. We, we hope that that's what Yaya starts triggering. And to just look around yourself and try to see, is there anyone that I can talk to? And no, <laughs> and if not, I mean, I don't want to advertise, but like, we're trying to create that space. So join Gaia. Um, the second piece is the men, the men in our lives. Uh, we got so many messages of love from, I'm calling them allies, uh, that said, hey, I never thought that my wife could be going through this. I never thought that my sister could be going through this or my coworkers could be going through this. So really that also that pause and reflection for the men that are listening. Is anyone that you know, any woman that you love? going through or experiencing burnout just try to support them you know try to help them however you can very good well you guys know my the name of my podcast so my name is pronounced actually ami tucker people have been calling me tucker my whole life and you know one day we'll have to sit down either through yaya or just for a drink at some point and i'll tell you my whole life story but i start my podcast is called tuckered out literally burned out 
And so for many, many reasons, I mean, no, no complaints. Life has been fantastic. It's just been very crazy. Um, and so I, I literally have named my podcast after burning, being burned out. And so trust me, I get it. And that's probably another reason why it resonated with me when I saw it. I was like, wait a minute, that's me. Got it. Um, I mean, honestly, what Paula said was really powerful. I think, uh, like, why are so many women burning out or feel like they've burned out? And like, maybe that's, that's our sign to like, really pause for reflection. I think there is something about the world now where there's so many options, but we were, I guess, like, as women, we always, there's some something about like the way we're raised, maybe is like, we really want to have it all together. We want to like, be really conscientious about everything and, and really do like our best job. I think like we just need like, I think at this point, we need some sort of like support around like, how to design our lives or like learn how to design our lives better. I think the expectation that we have, you know, my mom always asked me, she's like, I don't get your stress all the time. And I'm like, I just keep saying the same thing. I just don't know how to explain it to her. I'm like, it's just a different time, mom. Like, I'm not saying they didn't work hard. You know, my parents immigrated here in the 60s. Well, they've had lots of hardships for sure. It's just different expectations now. Because my mom was like, you have so much more than we do. But I'm like, I know, but there's so much more that we have to do. <laughs> I think that's actually the problem. Like, you know, like, like all these women, like in the past, they didn't have options. And so they had to suck it up with what they had, which isn't funny there. It's not funny. There's just a different set of problems. And so now here we are, we have so many options and, and we want the best of everything. You know, we want, like, we want the love, we want to be married to the love of our lives. We want to be having like a very fantastic career. We want to be a fabulous mom. And these are all technically possible today. But, but then it's like, it, then it comes like, but then it's not possible to do all, all of it in 24 hours in a day. You know, I, I think that like, uh, there's, there's a huge mental, mental health component that we need to tackle kind of differently and for drink women, more maybe. Wine, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do, still, I do a little fun round with my guests to get to know them. So first thing that comes to your mind, I'll be super short. What is your latest net, Netflix binge? And it can be embarrassing. I'm actually, I'm not on Netflix, but uh, I don't know if you've seen Snowpiercer. But okay, so there's it's this crazy sci fi TV show that um, has to do with like the world, I guess it's something like climate change happened, and then the world froze over or something. And then there's, there's this like, ever like, there's like 3000 people in the entire world that are alive still, and they're on a train that just goes around the world, and it never stops. Because if it stops, it'll freeze. And people will die. So as long as it's in motion, it's warm enough for people to live inside the train. Niffy, I need to crawl inside your brain, girl. <laughs> <laughs> pretty fascinating. <laughs> Paula, what's yours? Um, um, I had to open it, but I'm going to go with Jane the Virgin. Uh, I grew oh, up, I love I grew up with telenovelas. She's yeah, so, so I love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> I'm all about girly. Oh, yeah, I, I watch all the cheesy stuff. I have, I have, I do not judge at all. Have there been any start? You don't have to tell me what they are. I'm just curious. Have there been any startup or business ideas you're too scared to execute on, or have you tried to execute and failed? 
I think, yes, in, in the past. Um, so there were a couple, right? So I started, um, and I don't know if it was a startup, but it was, how do I, how do I bring social emotional tools to more kids? Um, you know, that are going through difficult situations and that don't have a therapist or, you know, like their parents are not aware of it. Um, I never figured out how to do it. <laughs> so social emotional learning for, yeah, for kids that are going through tough situations. Um, and there was a, my second business, which was really random. And it was actually the first time that I went to India. I started commercializing textiles, like beautiful textiles <laughs> from India, um, in Colombia and Peru. It was a random business. I met people. It was interesting. Um, I was not passionate about it, but anyways. I think uh, I think textiles in India is actually an excellent idea, by the way, Paula. You probably just weren't passionate about it, but that's a big business idea there. Yeah, I'm sure if you actually loved it, you would have been fine. And at some point, Paula, we're going to have to talk about your time in India. We'll, we'll have to get to that. Um, Nivi? I think, I think for me, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't think things as failures anymore. I just think of them as like learning. I don't know, like I'm learning. And so something that like, maybe I have, I've been kind of obsessed with and failing in different ways recently, um, like over the past two years or so is this idea that like, um, I think for people, it's, it's really easy for people to stop doing things that are bad for them in the, if it's bad, if it feels bad in the short run. Like if you're, uh, if, but it, and it's also really easy for you to keep doing things that, that are good for you if they're good in the short run, but it's really hard to do it when it's in the opposite. So like, for instance, like if eating a burger, like a red meat burger is like bad for you, like over time, it's going to lead to a heart attack. That's like really hard for someone to stop eating. Um, but on the other hand, like if you could imagine that person, instead of getting their heart attack 60 years from now, if they got a heart attack every time they ate a burger, I think they'd stop right away. So I'm very, I'm very interested in this idea of like, how do I make good habits easier to build? Um, or like, or more fun, more fun in the, in the immediate term so that people can keep building them and that make bad habits like feel bad, you know, like in the short term so that they can, you know, stop doing it faster. Like, I'm, I feel like, yeah, like, I, I just think that, like, there's a lot of opportunity in, in us, like, to grow and, like, really fulfill our potential as humans. And I want to, like, be in that space where I can help people with my own, like, you know, talents. Dude, please call me when you do that. Maybe you just have to build, like, a chip and, like, put it in every single human being. It shouldn't be a problem. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when you figure that out. Yeah, like I, I think I've been trying, trying it in different ways. Like we'll see. I, I don't think I think this is something that resonates with me a lot, which I think is why also coaching the space really intrigues me. I feel like you can somehow. I'm talking out of my ass right now. I feel like you can somehow like do it through the lucid dreams meditation way, like and get people out of their bad, bad habits. I don't know. You can just hire me as a consultant. It's fine. Yeah, I mean that's true too. Like I think there's a lot of, I think I think uh, I think everything everything I do is is sort of like obsessed with like how do how do you like realize more of your potential and then and then how to help other people do the same. You're gonna you're gonna figure out how we can use what we we don't use what ninety seven percent of our brain or something. What's the stats? You're gonna figure out how we can actually like use that. 
and then become superhuman. Um, <laughs> last intense question, guys. Where's the first place you're going to travel to once the world open up opens up? I love both of you guys literally went like this. <laughs> <laughs> I should have taken a picture of that. You're both like... <laughs> Traveling is the most, at, at the same yeah. time, by the way, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Traveling is my, like, is my, is one of my true loves in this world. And I feel like, and it's really funny, but like right before COVID started, like literally when America January, like that, I think that's when we got our first hints through Twitter that like, you know, COVID has come to America. I was in Costa Rica like on a trip and I was so happy and I came back and then, and then, and then, you know, like I, I haven't really, I haven't been able to go anywhere since really. Like I've been, uh, I've been hitting up all the hiking spots in California, which has been fun in a different way, but I had to road trip at least cause I can't like, you know, traveling is so important I for know, me. I know. So where would you want to go? Where would you want to fly to? I don't know. This is a hard question. I feel like you guys are going to start crying. <laughs> Paula, do you know? Um, I actually don't know, but I mean, I'm going to go with the one that I wanted to do last year and obviously it didn't happen, but Japan. One of my good friends lived in Japan for a couple of years and he wanted to take me. Um, so I think that's going to be the first place. Hopefully I need to save some money to make it happen. I went there for three weeks before my husband went to business school. It was our, it was our, it was our, let's see if we should stay together trip. Uh, and so we went to Japan for three weeks and probably, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. If my, I, yeah. One of my favorites for sure. By far. Japan's amazing. By far, by far. Yeah. We had, we had a lost in translation night, like where we read karaoke with random strangers. Yeah. It was amazing. And I love book all your. Oh, was go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna, yeah, book all your restaurants before because they get booked so fast. Like you can you can go literally fine dining. Like it's relatively like you know reasonable prices as long as you schedule it all before going there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Thank you. I'll give you. Such a fun interview, ladies, and I'm so excited to see what happens with Yaya. I know it's going to be big. Guys, please check out Yaya by going to joinyaya.com. That's J-O-I-N-Y-A-Y-A.com. Sign up for the wait list because you're going to want to get on this thing. It just looks fantastic and it's something that we all need. As always, you can follow me at Tuckered Out Podcast on IG and check out the new site. Check it out with ummy.com. Thank you as always for hanging. I will see you guys very soon. This is Tuckered Out.